0: disclaimer, in today's story, I will be discussing the murder, dismemberment, and sexual assault of an adult man. This chapter may be triggering for some listeners, and this will be the only warning, so please do not listen if you are sensitive to this topic. The case we are going to discuss today has just recently wrapped up in the court system. So Green Bay, Wisconsin is a city where the Fox River empties into the Green Bay, which is an inlet of Lake Michigan. It's about 180 kilometers north of Milwaukee, which unfortunately is most known for being the home to one of the world's most infamous serial killers, Jeffrey Dahmer, who will end up having a disturbing connection to the case that we're going to be discussing today. Shad Therian was born in Green Bay, In 1997. He's remembered as a kind and compassionate individual. Shad was not only talented in art, but also had a passion for wood carving. Shad had been a Howard Suamico School District and Bayport High School student from 2010 to 2015. His parents are Tara Packinage and Michael Therian. Shad's mom said that he worked with his father and his grandfather at their family business and that he enjoyed camping, games, and spending time with his family. He was very kind and compassionate, who often thought of others before himself. Shad was a decent human being, and the only time he faced legal trouble that I could find is when he was arrested in 2021 for disorderly conduct and resisting an officer. I don't really have any other details other than that, but I don't think that's a big deal. Now, Taylor Business was born Taylor Denise Coronado on November 11th, 1997. She grew up in Green Bay and attended Preble and Bayport High School. She married Warren business in 2017 and the two had a child in 2021. That child did and currently lives with the grandparents. Warren reportedly was a drug abuser and introduced Taylor to meth, crack, and other drugs. According to her Facebook profile, Taylor worked as a cashier at Walmart. She enjoyed listening to music, watching horror movies, and reading books. She also had an interest in true crime and claimed to be a fan of Jeffrey Dahmer. So just really quickly, in case somebody out there doesn't know, Jeffrey Dahmer killed and cannibalized at least 17 young men and boys in Milwaukee between 1978 and 1991. We'll probably do an episode on them later, but that's the long and short of it. Jeffrey was actually murdered while serving his prison sentence, I believe in November of 1994. Taylor has a history of mental health issues and substance abuse. She has been receiving treatment for bipolar disorder since she was in the seventh grade. She was always forgetting or straight up refusing to stay on her medication. And for anyone who has a mental health issue, this can be so detrimental to the effectiveness of the medication. From what I understand, every time you stop, you they either have to up your dose or change the cocktail in order to stabilize your mood. So you do more damage to the chemical imbalance to your brain every time you suddenly stop taking your medication. She also had a previous criminal record, including a recent conviction for fleeing, eluding, and obstructing a police officer. She had been sentenced to three months in jail on January the 4th with work release privileges, and that's according to online court records. I'm not sure if this means she was out of jail on work release at the time of the murder or how she was being monitored. I will try to find out um, in the coming weeks, but that's all I know for now. Shad and Taylor had been friends since high school and were involved in a friends with benefits type of sexual relationship, and that was according to Taylor's friends, family, family, and the statement that she herself would give to the investigators, specifically saying that Shad was her buddy. Taylor picked Shad up around 9.30 p.m. on February 21, 2022. Taylor said she and an unidentified friend and Shad had got some drugs and went to an Eastman Avenue apartment where Taylor had been living with a roommate where all three smoked some marijuana. Taylor and Shad smoked some methamphetamine, And when her roommate left, Taylor injected Shad and herself with trazodone, which is an antidepressant. Now, at some point, Taylor and Shad returned to Shad's mother's home using her roommate's minivan, and they went into the basement. About five minutes after they went into the basement together, Shad got out two metal silver chains, one that he had around his neck already and one that he gave to Taylor. Taylor told police that they were just like dog choker collars, and she said that choking had been part of their sex acts in the past. Shad laid face down on the bed, and Taylor said she went crazy and began to choke him with the chain. Taylor ended up saying that she knew Shad was dead when his face was purple, his tongue protruded from his mouth, and there was blood coming out of his mouth. She then went to the kitchen and brought four knives from a knife block back downstairs with her, where she began to dismember Shad's body starting with his head. Taylor said she would take breaks to cuddle with Shad's body and perform sex acts on Shad's dead body using her mouth and a dildo. In fact, she said that she first removed his head, using a bucket to catch all the blood, then took a break, and then after decapitating Shad, she laid down and cuddled with him before attempting to perform oral sex on him while She attempted to cut off his leg. She used buckets and Tupperware bins and a nearby shower to contain the blood as much as she could while the dismemberment was happening. She described using a bread knife to saw away at Shad and placing his organs and body parts inside of Walmart bags and then into backpacks, duffel bags, Tupperware containers, and a bucket. She said she planned to take all the body parts with her, but that she got lazy and didn't. Specifically, She wanted to take the bucket with Shad's head and genitals in it. At some point, Taylor cleaned up around the bed and the sheets and she left. She went home and this is where she would be later arrested. So apparently it was normal for Shad to come to his mother's house on occasion in order to do some laundry or grab a bite to eat. The night of Shad's death, however, his mother as well as her boyfriend, were woken up by the sound of a storm door slamming. This is when she went to see what was going on and noticed there was a light on in the basement. She went downstairs to turn the light off and noticed a bucket with a towel over it at the bottom of the stairs. When she removed the towel and looked in the bucket, she saw her son's decapitated head inside. Overwhelmed with shock and grief, Shad's mom, Tara, immediately rushed upstairs to wake her boyfriend up, whose name is Steve Hendricks. And together, they called 911 to report the horrific ordeal. During the trial, we were able to view the censored body cam footage of the police officers who responded to the scene. But we were also able to hear the 911 call that Shad's mom's boyfriend had made to
1: 911.
2: Um, County Public Safety. How may I help you? Um, yes, I at officer at 829 um, my just woke me up. and swears that she found her severed head of her son the base. The address, sir? Uh, 829 Stony Brook. Okay, S-T-O-N-E-Y. Is it E-Y, right? Yes. No, no E, just by Y. Is that a house department or duplex? It's a house. So what's your phone
3: number? Uh, my number is
2: 327-3748. My name's Steve. 327-3748? Yes. What's your last name? Sir? Andrews.
3: Okay,
0: tell
2: me what's happening there again. I have no clue what's happening. My girl swears that she's found her severed head of her son in the basement. Down there? In a bucket. I went down, I can't tell what the fuck. I just, part of my language, I'm kind of a freaked out. Did you just wake up and say that? Yeah. And who is, whose head is it? She's claiming it's her son. How old is her son? 24, 20, 25. Is he missing or? No, Yeah. he was here yesterday with some chick and then now all of a sudden nobody's here and she came up to use the restroom a couple times, and she keeps calling and calling, and now she's saying that she hears the phone down there too. Okay, is
3: she with you right now? Yes,
2: I won't well, yeah, she's upstairs. She's a little freaked out, and I don't know what to do. Okay, all
1: right, stand in And um, you said you went down there, correct? Yeah,
2: and I looked at the but I can't, I, I can't see very well, and I can't know what the hell it is. So there's
3: something in the
2: bucket? There's right? something in the, there's something in the goddamn bucket. She ran dope again. I d I I don't know
1: what the hell, man. Do you think she's hallucinating or
2: do you think that I don't think so. I went down and there's stuff in the damn bucket. And I I can't I don't I don't oh know, man. And she's a little freaked out and kinda of freaking you out. What's your girlfriend's last name? Uh Packinett. How do you spell that? Oh holy shit. you wanna spell it? A A P A K A N I C Hair. Her? Yes you can.
3: Hello. Hi, Kara. So, can you tell me what's going on? Hey, Pretty positive. My son's head is in a bucket. I know i bucket my basement. What, ma- what, what, what makes you think that? Because I looked in the bucket. When, what did you see? Exactly what I told you. Okay. Where where's the uh where's the rest of the body at? No idea. When's the last time you saw your son? Oh, well, I guess today is Wednesday. So I picked him up from his dad's on my face. And he doesn't normally stay here, he's going to stay here for a few days, he's got to the laundry, he was here a couple hours, then he left with Taylor, and they What's met some stage with like? Taylor, with that. girl, Taylor Coronado, Yeah. You know Coronado? No, not exactly, but the common selling from around here. Right, cool. here. went to middle. He went to middle school, uh, high school with her. Okay, I don't know if okay. he doesn't with me. When's the last time you saw him? Well, he left with her, Those so they both came back. I believe they both had back while he was sleeping Monday night, and I assume they slept all day yesterday, so I haven't seen him this Monday night physically, out there sleeping all day. I, going I was going for a little while yesterday. Tuesday, you get 25. And I'm going to the basement. Right. What are you doing You know what I mean. Right. Well, we've got help. And then, at, and then I heard my door and her minivan start. And I went downstairs. And I went to the bathroom. The lights were out in the basement. Bucket with a it. And I'm like, oh, great. That fighter got here all the way yesterday and it in a bucket. And then I looked, and that is not what was in that bucket. All right, ma'am. I, I have okay. officers that are, are, are headed over to your house right now. Okay? Headed over. Okay. Right. 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 I guess just stay away from, um, from, that, just, just stay away. from that area. Fuck okay. it, A. Where are the second? Levels. I so go down to the kitchen and not to the basement. Okay. Yeah. We can answer the door and stuff. Okay. All right, ma'am. Um, um my sixteen-year-old daughter is Excuse me. My sixteen-year-old daughter is
1: here sleeping. Okay. So they not make a lot of noise. I don't know. Okay. Just um, let them know that, I they won't, they won't try. Okay. Um, I I just do the
3: being so. And. I mean, you're sure it could be like a fake head or something? I'm looking at it. I'm not looking at it again. Okay. All right, all right, ma'am. Um, just go ahead and wait for the officers, okay? Okay. All
1: right. Thank
0: you. Could you even imagine? Like, I, I can't. I can't at all. So police were fairly quick to respond to the call, and like I said before, you could go online and you can watch the police body cam footage as they go down the stairs, and they look around, they look in the bucket a number of times, and I think, to me, it seems like they can't believe what they're seeing. One of the officers goes and looks around the bedroom area, does see quite a bit of blood, and calls for more officers to come to the scene, and they start their investigation. His parents were able to say that uh, Taylor was at the house with him. She was the last person they saw him with. So they ended up going over to her house and arresting her. They initially went over there to question her, obviously, because she was the last person to be seen with Shad. Um, But after noticing blood on her hands, um, they placed her under arrest. And this is actually more body cam footage that you can go online and see. I'll actually, I might as well link it to the show notes for you. During her interrogation, Taylor first starts to say that she blacked out. She doesn't really remember anything that happened. But then it doesn't take too long for her to start telling officers in painful detail um the absolutely disturbing events that took place and the acts that she committed on poor Shad apparently the two had gone to his mother's house and they smoked more meth in the basement before they started getting into a sexual interaction a consensual sexual interaction where Shad laid on his belly and she took the choker chain that was around his neck and pulled on it and She thought maybe she was taking it too far when Shad started choking and struggling and ended up coughing up blood. But she actually says in the interrogation video that she liked it. She liked the feeling of choking him um, and she was pulling hard. She said it seemed to take three to five minutes for Shad to stop struggling. So um, that's pretty disturbing. She went on to tell investigators that she was sawing and sucking at the same time um, all over Shad's body. She also described how she would grind herself on the body um, while cutting. And I mean, absolutely, I mean, mean, absolutely crazy, horrific details. So I'm going to play a few different clips of the interrogation. There's, I think, four in total. But And in every single one of them, she is just as candid. And I don't know if I would say pleased with herself, but just not... She's not trying to hide anything, I don't think. She is talking very openly about these deranged things that she did to her friend. So let's listen to just a few clips.
1: Is that also when you um, used the young dildo? Yeah. Did you have sex
0: with his body at you know,
1: all? Any type of sexual contact? You know, obviously the dildo and stuff. But... Hmm? I, on, I put the dick in his ass. I grinded on him, I put the dick in his ass. You grinded on him? Yeah. Did you ever put his penis in your vagina? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did yeah. you just grind on him? Did you see before that you
3: performed a whirl on him? No. Okay. No.
1: Yeah, and then you got to have to do it. It's like half hard while I was still sucking, while he was dead. Yeah. Okay. And was that part of playing with him, or? That is part of playing with him. Okay, that was part of playing with him. Did you uh, Actually, I was, I was just, I was severing his head while I was doing that too. Well. You were just, <laughs> sucking. So yeah, you, So you, when, so it was, it wasn't only a couple hours before you he, he severed his head? Were you did you fall asleep at any point in time or so how long do you think you were in that basement? Because you didn't leave until like three or four this morning, right? But what about during the day? What did you do during the day?
3: Um I don't know, like I was I was kinda like dozing off,
1: like, like you know. And and he, he was dead already? He was, dead. was his head still on? No, I took that off. That was the first thing I took off. Okay. Oh, yeah. I wanted that. What about the rest of his body? I didn't even take it. And then,
3: um, the rest of his body, it's, um, like I, talking,
1: uh, I don't even know what it is. It's in a big blue container, you know? You know it's a, a big container. Tupperware. It's like a big Tupperware, it's not a Tupperware, but it's a Tupperware. So where like a... Yeah. Code? And then, um, for body parts or anything? Or are they... I thought just they are in a black bag.
3: They are. They're, they're scattered around.
1: Oh, okay, so both, probably? But when did you start, you know, cutting up his body?
3: Wow. Like, almost I was stuck in and cutting at the same time.
1: Okay. Then what about the rest of his body parts? Did that take all day? Did you?
3: I was getting pissed off at the dismemberment process, actually.
1: Did it take a while? It took a while? Yeah, because, like, I was nodding out. I was nodding out. Yeah, so you are kind of sleeping, kind of nodding in and out. Have you taken any other drugs? I should have. I should have took drugs. I, sh- I probably would have helped, but I didn't. Did anybody ever come downstairs at all? No? Tara? Tara came down. You- <laughs> She came downstairs and then um with the kitty cat. And then she set the kitty cat down. Yeah. Did so, you talk
3: um, to her? I'm like, hey, Tara. I don't
1: know, it was just weird. Because, like, it was an open space, you know, like, there was no like, closed door. And, like, it was weird. she she saw anything? I do not know no. you. Yeah, have to ask. Because
3: she's what's like, hey.
1: So she, you think she came down on one point and dropped the kitty cat off downstairs for Yeah, she just came down there, dropped
3: the cat off,
1: used the kitty litter, cut the box, and then she went right back upstairs. Yeah. And then, um... All right. So then, throughout this process, you would cut off a body part with one of the knives. And you would put it in the bag or the tote or something like that. Yeah, I was still tweaking out. So I like, oh, you running that And
3: I'm like, wow, it's getting to I don't know what I'm like to oh, It's going And like, oh, I, was, I was tweaking. So like, I'm like, oh, shoot. No. I didn't mean for all this to happen. And I'm like, I fucked up. I know like, oh, I fucked up. I'm like, shit. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's
1: what happened. Well, no, you know, it's. You know, he's got a mom and a sister and a dad and family and yeah. more and more of being sorry. You know, you killed them. You gotta tell the sister sorry. Didn't mean for that to happen. You didn't mean to kill him. But I
3: did. But didn't,
1: you didn't try to help them. No, I didn't. No, it, it works both ways. Like I have no idea. Like it, you was gonna you die. Got to be
3: cutting the chain. Right, you was gonna die. So. I mean, I didn't, but at the same time, I woke up like, fuck, that's bad, I didn't, I didn't know what to do, because, like, she was going to be like, ah, fuck, you know what I mean, because, like, I
1: don't know. But you liked yeah. it? I liked it. I'm like, fuck, like, it. Was, like, I didn't know what to do, because, like, oh, um, I liked it, so I didn't have a Yeah. You know? Sucks not having that. Was so it a sex you, when you were choking? Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Very. Was it exciting when
3: you were sucking on his
1: penis after he was dead? It was very exciting. Everything
0: was, um, we should check on my panties. That's enough of that, I think. (laughs) Check out my panties. What a twisted bitch. My God, like, just so disturbing. So the connection that I mentioned a little bit earlier about Taylor to Jeffrey Dahmer actually only came out in trial when we found out that Taylor did online searches for quote Jeffrey Dahmer walking into court all sexy and quote Jeffrey Dahmer's butt she did some twisted selfie it was bizarre selfie next to a cell phone image of Jeffrey Dahmer just I don't know you can make the connection there she's just twisted and for some reason she wanted to keep that bucket and genitals and take it with her but she got lazy and forgot it I mean there's not a lot more to say so I think we'll go through some of like the court proceedings, starting from her first appearance. So on March 17th, 2022, so just maybe two or three weeks later, Judge Walsh orders Taylor to undergo a mental health exam within 15 days of her arrival at a mental health facility. It's the first of several discussions of her mental health. By April 13th, 2022, the judge says a court-appointed expert evaluated Taylor's mental health and found that she was capable of assisting in her own defense. Her defense attorney, whose name was Jolie, asked the judge to appoint an expert to conduct a second evaluation, saying that his client had been diagnosed with a mental disorder as early as the 7th grade, but obviously the judge basically said, hire your own expert. And then on May 19th, 2022, after a four-hour hearing, the judge ruled that Taylor was mentally competent to assist in her own defense again. At the preliminary hearing on June 2nd, 2022, Brown County Court Commissioner Paul Burke found probable cause that a felony had been committed and then scheduled Taylor to be arraigned on July 5th, 2022. At that arraignment, Taylor appeared in court. She didn't speak. It was just a very brief arraignment. So did exactly what Kohlberger did when he stood silent. So Judge Walsh entered not guilty pleas on her behalf um, to first degree murder, uh, the dismemberment charges, and also the sexual assault charges. On September 1st, 2022, Taylor's attorney changed that plea of not guilty to not guilty by reason of insanity. On February 14th, 2023, uh, Quinn Jolly, was in court with his client, Taylor, when Judge Walsh made the reluctant decision to push back Taylor's trial date to May 15th, from, it was supposed to be on March the 6th, Her lawyer had requested more time so that a defense expert could review the case and testify as to his client's competency. But apparently Taylor was unhappy with this decision and blamed her attorney for the later trial date. The camera in the courtroom was recording when Taylor struck Jolie in the head with her elbow before being forced to the ground by a Brown County Sheriff's officer. The courtroom was then cleared out and efforts were made to try to calm Taylor down. And court resumed 10 minutes later with her lawyer informing the judge that he planned to file a motion asking to be removed from the case. No kidding. Like she just literally went up and attacked this guy. So by March 3rd, 2023, Christopher Froelich becomes Taylor's new lawyer. In a first court appearance since his appointment, Frolic asked Judge Walsh to remove himself from the case since he'd seen the attack. Judge Walsh declines this, saying that he could still provide Taylor with a fair hearing. By March 24th, Walsh ruled that Taylor is competent to stand trial despite objections from Frolick. The defense lawyer says Milwaukee psychologist Matthew Sapo had been relying on November's evaluation of Taylor and that he had not taken into consideration Taylor's attack on her former attorney. Frolic then argues in support of a motion he filed days earlier asking Judge Walsh to allow a new or supplemental competency evaluation of Taylor, saying that the doctor, his initial evaluation of Taylor was months old. Of course, Judge denies this request and then sets the trial date to begin July 24th. Taylor's lawyer filed for a change of venue on March 31st. He says that there would be few potential jurors in that county that hadn't read about the absolutely gruesome and disturbing circumstances around the killing. But on April 19th, Judge Walsh denies this request to move the trial outside of Brown County. He says lawyers could find at least 12 Brown County residents who hadn't formed an opinion on Taylor, whether she was guilty or innocent due to the fact that she pled not guilty by reason of insanity. They would have to hear that evidence anyways. On May 5th, Taylor's lawyer asked for yet another evaluation saying that the one done last year is no longer current He also wanted to review records from a week-long stay she had at the Brown County Community Treatment Center uh, back in 2021. On May 9th, Judge Walsh sets an evidentiary hearing for June 13th to determine whether statements made in custody will be able to be brought up as evidence during the trial. The defense didn't want them showing the pictures or the footage of Shad's head in the bucket or his body parts. They thought that it would be too inflammatory for the jurors to see which that's what she did. So, they, I mean, they have to see the evidence of what she did, and that's what she did. So the judge ruled that the photos that the police took of the homicide scene were going to remain under seal until June 13th, where the lawyers were going to present arguments if the crime scene photos can be used in court or if there were any specific pictures that were too explicit and disturbing. And on June 13th, judge rules on a number of motions. The judge allows most of the photos that police had, but not all of those that they took at the crime scene. The judge also denied requests to suppress statements that Taylor gave to police um, we heard some of those and wow. Um he also denied the request to suppress evidence seized from Taylor's apartment where Taylor was living, um, and from the minivan that she was driving that night where they had there was a they found a large crock pot box with Shad's legs inside. Um the judge also denies another request for yet another psychological evaluation. July 5th, Judge Walsh grants permission for Taylor to have a new competency exam, but says he's not going to delay the trial past its scheduled July 24th date. And on July 13th, Diane Leighton, who is a forensic psychologist, testified that Taylor is not fit to stand trial sometime during the evaluation earlier that summer. Leighton said Taylor would appear coherent and lucid and other times would just stand up and start screaming. Judge Walsh ruled that Taylor was fit to assist in her own defense. Uh, 16 jurors uh, made up of nine women and seven men were selected that day for the trial. It was just going to begin three days later on July 24th, 2023. So just like this was the quickest trial that I've watched like the The higher profile trials, this was the quickest one that I think I've ever watched. The trial uh, begins with opening statements from the DA's office and her attorney. The victim's mother testified about how she recovered or sorry, discovered her son's severed head in a bucket in the basement. Police officers who were at the crime scene testified about their investigation. Then the next day, the next trial day, medical examiner testifies that Shad died of strangulation and that his body was then mutilated and dismembered for several hours afterwards. By July 26th, everything had wrapped up and closing statements were given. The jurors were sent to deliberate. And after only 50 minutes, five zero minutes, the jury returns guilty verdicts on all counts. Earlier that day, Green Bay police detective testified about his interview with Taylor hours after Shad's death was discovered, and the prosecution and defense presented their closing arguments. The jury returned its verdict Thursday evening in the second phase of the trial. That same jury on Wednesday evening found Taylor guilty of first-degree intentional homicide, third-degree sexual abuse, and mutilating a corpse in Shad's death. So the following day on the 27th was when jurors got to hear from psychologists about Taylor's mental health state when the crime occurred. Taylor showed evidence that she was suffering with a range of mental issues when she was evaluated at the Brown County Jail. In 2022 and 2023, uh, Diane Lighton, that psychologist that we talked about before, said that when she testified for the defense under questioning from the defense attorney, Chris Froelich, she had said that Taylor, who had thrown a plastic chair at her during an evaluation, was a psychotic person off the scale. In fact, she said, I have never seen such a psychotic person, pointed at Taylor and said, that is a psychotic person. It was It was kind of dramatic. I'm not going to lie. In April of 2021 she was under a civil commitment order because she was mentally ill her lawyer argued. The prosecution said that the issue for jurors though is is Taylor's mental state when the crime was committed not in 2012 not in 2014 not in 2021 but when Shad was slain in February of 2022. At stake for jurors who will be asked to decide this shortly after 5 p.m. whether she business will spend the rest of her life in prison for first degree intentional homicide or in a mental health facility. Psychologists who testified for the prosecution obviously were skeptical about most everything that the defense psychologist had to say, but I mean, that just stands to reason. In any case, later that same day, on Thursday the 27th, the jury came back and found Taylor not insane. So she was just found straight up guilty. So she's going to be sentenced in September for those charges and she will end up going to jail. Wisconsin is not a death penalty state, so the maximum she is facing would be life in prison. Unlike Canada, a life sentence in the U.S. means life. So unless the judge includes the possibility of parole... Taylor could spend the rest of her life behind bars, which given the circumstances of this horrible crime and her total lack of remorse, I suspect that that's exactly what she's going to get, which is great. Rest in peace, Shad. It's actually hard to believe that this case is real, like that this woman actually did what she did, the way that she did it, and the way she was acting in court. Um, So she would, she would like, give gun fingers to the judge. She, you know, gave her dad some kind of like rock on symbol or whatever when her dad testified. She was smiling, smirking, and laughing at completely inappropriate times throughout the trial. Um, So, I mean, I, I don't doubt that she's mentally unwell, but it's not whether or not she suffers from mental illness. It's whether or not she knew what she was doing was wrong when she did it, and she did. The trial, like I said, it was short, and it was bizarre just because of the way that she reacted to everything and her smiles and smirks and just very, very off-putting and scary. Another thing, too, is before all of this, a while ago, Taylor business put out a GoFundMe Um, She just wanted people to give her money to help support herself, I suspect, for drugs or whatever, but I don't know how that went for her, if it's still open, but she actually put a video out saying that she's a dedicated, hardworking individual who just needs help financially um, and asking people to donate. How do you, is that a thing? Can you just, can you just ask for money? That just, I don't know. Anyways, that is the twisted, horrendous story of Taylor business and the tragic murder of Shad Therian. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. If you don't mind giving us a five star rating, it'll help our show grow. Please check out our TikTok, where you can find interesting photos and content on most released episodes. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube at True Crime Story Podcast, where the discussion can continue. If you wish to contact us or if you have case suggestions, can email me at truecrimestorypod at gmail.com or send me a message on Facebook Messenger. So until the next time, bye!